0: Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk podcast hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw,
1: where we bring country living and the great outdoors together.
0: All right, welcome to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, we are here on our third episode. In a week. In a week. Man, we are rocking and rolling. Part two of Camp Life and Bender's Trains with Jeff Nutter. That
1: is correct. That is correct. We got to hear a lot about Jeff's life last last podcast. Yeah, we covered a lot of territory. I think we're gonna kind of go back and forth a little bit. And, yeah, and he's got a whole lot more story
0: to tell. He That's does. What I'm interested in. He does. And we left it off. You know, he was he was in his music career. He had just uh, just kind of ended when he was going to open for a band that had several number one hits. They were up and coming at the time. They just had their first number one hit and they had to cancel on it. It was due to a hurricane. And, but I think Jeffrey ended up playing that, that whole show that night by himself. But Florida, Jordan Line had to that in their, uh, their show because of the hurricane. But well, we are in our next episode, part two of that. But we're we're changing up our audio a little bit, trying to get that a little bit better.
1: Yep. Got a little better equipment. We're trying to see if we can just actually operate it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it don't man. take much to get above our level. Well, really. it's a good thing that Jeff is
0: in the music industry, and he has a tad bit more knowledge than we do. Um, so I think we probably picked the right guy to have our first interview with. You think? I think so. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I'm about technologically unsavvy.
1: Well, I'm a little, I'm maybe one step above you, but I still ain't real high. Yeah, y'all said look something up earlier, and I said we was going to giggle it, and everybody got tickled, because we don't Google at my house, we giggle.
0: Yeah, well. Because most likely I will look it up wrong, so. We'll get off technology, and we'll get into something that, that you and I can speak on. How about that? We we can sit here and ramble on this for eye. No, we better not. <laughs> All right, so like we said, we're going into part two with Camp Life and Bend the Strings with Jeff Hunter. Jeff, how are you tonight? doing good, man, how are y'all doing? Man, we're good, we're good. How are you, Jake? Like I told y'all earlier, I'm wore out. It's been a long, drawn out day. So, uh,
1: started early and ended late, but uh, I'm gonna be willing to bet I'm not as tired as a fifth and sixth grade football. Peewee football boys. Though. You wore them down pretty good. Ooh, not me. The main man. I'm the assistant man. Oh, the main man said we were going to run ten sprints, and we wound up running twenty sprints. And I'm not sure they're going to forget it. I bet they won't forget it. But I went, I Look, real quick. I've got. I, I got to brag on this young man. We had a young guy. He kind of got winded, and they they went and got him something to drink first practice. You know, trying to keep him hydrated. not so like me getting winded. It, it'll happen to you <laughs> well they went and got him something to drink and at the end of practice we told him said you still owe us two and he said yes sir yes sir i'm gonna get them well when he did we had another young man step up and said he owes two i'm gonna run them with him.
2: come on now that shines with make. that's wow. pretty good that shines
1: pretty and good. i brought it up that he was doing it and you believe we had i think every one of them chaps go down there and run the last one back with him that's pretty good now I don't know about you, but as a coach, that tells me I got me a team. Absolutely. Anybody that'll ruin the sprints with them after they've already done theirs, I'm, a, I'm in. That's all right. That's, That's right. hard. That's woman. That's right. That's good leadership, too. Exactly. You've got young men like that, we can get somewhere in this world. Absolutely. Hit a few more of them just like them.
0: Yep. So, Jeff, I think we're going to, like we said, we're going to pick up kind of your music career. And then we're going to shift into another... Kind of adventure, I guess you could say that you, you and some of your buddies have gotten into. I know you kind of started a little bit different. Some of them with it maybe kind of by yourself, but then you, you veered off into another adventure that is taking up a pretty good bit of your time during hunting season. I know we, we talked about in the first part that you're an outdoors guy as much as anybody is and, and you're kind of, kind of leading that on with your next adventure. But what I would like to kind of start us off with, like we just mentioned that The band had to cancel due to the hurricane and that band was Florida Georgia line, right?
2: That's right, that's right. It was, they were supposed to come play and I was gonna be the opening band for them and whatever hurricane it was, like I said, I I can't remember now which one it was. Yeah, I can't either. But uh, they they had to cancel due to a bunch of flooding and stuff like that and planes wouldn't come in or whatnot, but I wound up playing the whole show that night myself. And it was definitely an experience I was looking forward to but it was kind of disheartening at the same time. I bet. I kind of wondered where, what difference it would have made had they have been able to
0: make it, would it make a difference
2: where I'm at now or or would it not?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering. I know then Florida Georgia line wasn't what they are now, but they just had their first number one hit with Cruz. And that kind of developed through the time the ticket sales started at Chili Willie's. And then Mm -hmm. by the time, you know, they had to cancel, was when Cruz went number one, and that's what I was wondering. That if you were able to play for the Florida Georgia Line, would that have had any impact? You think on your music career from where you are now?
2: You know, it's, it's quite possible. But you know, I learned I learned a long time ago. I said, I try not to. I try not to think about what the, the, the woulda, coulda, shoulda, or whatever. But it could it could have made a difference. But I'm I'm happy with the direction that we've been so far, and. You know, we've met a lot of good people over the years, and it's been awesome. It's been awesome. But like I said, I, I still think about it myself. Uh, what what would would that night have been like in the days ahead? Had they do you think that, that might would have put you on tour? We might have on know. the road. I don't know. It's it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It's always a possibility. You know, a lot of bands get picked up all the time when they open for these bigger artists or whatnot. They get invitations to go on the road and tour with them, and that they. Very well possible Could, could have been. um, Like Coles Wendell, you know, he got a, his start by selling merchandise for, I believe it was for Luke Bryan. I think so. You know uh,
0: Yeah, I think he's a Georgia boy. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's right. just well,
1: Was it two years ago I went down to the little amphitheater down there in Orange Beach and Luke Combs was opening for, uh, oh gosh, who was he opening for? But he he was the he was the opener, and the next time we went in there we watched him. He so just, it was a pretty good, uh,
0: pretty. Good. He had somebody opening for him that night. Yes, <laughs> two or three. <laughs> That's right, two or three actually. Yeah, uh,
1: and he puts on a fine
2: show. So I hmm. tell you, you know, it's a lot of people don't realize what goes into it. You know, that, you know they, especially people that that just come out just because. There is music playing. This it's a it's a job behind the scene. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff learning material, you know, I write a, a lot of songs. Of course I don't play a lot of original stuff in my sets, but it's coming more and more. Um because you always want to keep it kinda of relative to people, you know, especially if you're you're an an opening act or something like that, you know, you wanna keep play songs that folks know, you know, and you slide some of your own stuff in there and, then you get lucky sometimes, and people really like your stuff, and they start requesting it.
1: Back up right there. You said you write a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. How many songs have you written? How many have you had any that really have taken off for anybody else, or?
2: You know, I've, I've, I haven't, I haven't released it to, as far as putting them out there for anybody else. So I'm, I've probably, I've probably written better than a hundred songs, if I had to, if I had to put a number on it, I'd, I'd put it over a hundred. Well, now,
1: we're going to go ahead right now on Outdoor Country Talk, and we're going to offer you this opportunity. Now, if you need Jeremy and I to sing any of them, we can sing lead vocal. We can sing up. Well,
0: kind of like I said in the last podcast, Jeffrey has seen, heard, experienced my singing. I won't get that in life. I mean, we're good buddies, but I won't get that. But
1: he hasn't seen the talent and the power we bring together. This is true. We're a show all on our own.
2: This is true. This is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you know, Jeremy, Jeremy's got some pretty good rapping skills. I've heard of them too. I all
0: right, moving done. on. <laughs> Just, moving <laughs> on. I've heard such fun. Moving on. So talking about the songs that you've written, the one that, that you did the music video for, you talked about has over 150,000 views on YouTube. That was, that was your original song. That's right. That's
2: the the first song that I've The only song so far that I have released period, you know, it's, it's on every, anywhere you can stream a song, it's available. It's called the song country girls. It's on YouTube. It's on Amazon, iTunes, and it's everywhere. Um, that was, that was
0: an adventure in itself, you know, and well, the music video alone is just right here, probably within 15 minutes right here in Southwest Mississippi, Kind of where we're recording tonight is within 15 minutes of us, right? Well, absolutely. We are right in the middle
2: of where everything was, was recorded. And I wanted to keep it that way, you know, because first and foremost, you know, the people that, that come out to my show, the biggest numbers were from Southwest Mississippi, so I, I kind of wanted to feature Southwest Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really think it justified going anywhere else. Yeah. The first mm-hmm. go around, you know, um, i tell you, you know, it would take a minute, I just tell you a few places of where, where it was, where some of the video was shot at. And we, if a lot of people out there may know where, when I say the old busy corner store, they may may know where that's at.
0: Well, like we said in the first podcast, that store is probably, I would guess, maybe at the most three miles from where I grew up. So I, I walked in and out of that store. Whenever I've seen one part of the video, I've watched it several times. When you're walking into the store, I, that floor has looked like that. For I know thirty plus years now, because when I was a kid, it looked just like it did in that video. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I recognized it right off the bat. I knew exactly where it was. I know I've been in there a time of three. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and that's and that's one of the pluses that it, 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 we spent a good bit of time there. You know, and it was it was awesome of us to let us let us shoot there. We left there, and those most of that video. What what a lot of people don't realize is most of that happened in one day. Really. You know, a lot of times... You it shot
1: it was, most was, of that video all in one
2: day? Most of it was Because there one were movie. a lot of moving parts and a lot of different locations in that video, a- right? Absolutely, absolutely. Most of the, the Busy Corner store, that part of it, and the part at the river was all shot in the same day. And that night, I had a show at the Ice House in Macomb. Hmm. And that's where where the the band did on stage. It was shot that night. All three of those happened on the same day Wow! and that was a busy, that was a very busy day. I bet. I bet so. But moving on along in the timeline video, the second part of it was shot down at uh, off of 24 between Liberty and Macomb where the Hole river crosses at the swim hole right there. We shot where the girls were down in the water right there, that's where the second part was shot. And of course the night times you know, on the band on the stage part was shot there at the ice house in Macon. Yeah. Um, and there was one of the girls that was in the video, Corey, her family on some property down in, uh, off of, uh, around Stalin bridge in Walthaw County, uh-huh. the part where you, you see her shooting a gun or whatnot, that part there, that's what it's down around their camp down there. Yeah. Okay. So everything was right here. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we didn't go, to 500 different locations of different scattered around it was all right here i kind of kept it close to home just because and it's made 150,000 views to date yeah today And don't uh, no
1: tell it word it'll be after this podcast i mean it may be four or five hundred thousand by the time we get through
2: there this. well absolutely after we talked about it the first time man i looked at i looked at the views i said it was over 100,000 and i looked and it was over 150,000 i said man that's wow i had to stop and think about it so you know that's pretty awesome you know i was I'm just born, raised in the name county, man, and always dreamed of doing something with music and looking to see that kind of response. 150,000 views, that's pretty good. You know, I know it's a bunch more, with a bunch more views than that, but at the level that I'm at, where mm-hmm. I come from, I'm pretty proud of it. Now
1: Jeff, we talked about this other night and I want to go back to it a little bit. We had looked on the podcast the other night after we would aired it and we were in
0: 22
1: states and two countries other I than the so. U.S. Yeah. Now, how many different? Can you see the demographics of where that hundred fifty thousand come from? How many different
2: places or different countries? You can. Um, in the, I'm trying to think of the correct word analytics or whatever it is. Section on YouTube and stuff like that. It tells you the different providences and states and locations, and that's it's been pretty awesome. I've had I've had people from Australia that wow. would subscribe to my. Stuff and and actually contacted me through Facebook and this guy was like, Hey, man, I saw your video on, well, he said, Hey, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, man, he said, "Uh, I I saw your video and that's awesome, man. I can't wait for you to put out more. I'm like, you know what? This is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for somebody from Australia reached out to me and like what I'm doing, that's pretty cool. That is. That's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I know we were talking about the other nights, you know, uh, when I was in RAs back, what, 12, 13, something like that, I had a pen pal in India. So when you had one in Australia, you know, I mean, it makes me really kind of thinking back now, I'd like to go meet the guy. <laughs> I mean, we wrote letters for a year. Thinking back, it'd be like, you know, it'd actually be nice to put in you with all the social media settings nowadays, you could probably pull him up on Facebook awesome. or Instagram or something, and
2: definitely may have it right in and there. You talk about pen pals, you know. When I was in, when I was a young fella, it's been a few years ago, but when I was a little fella, we uh, one of my pen piles we had a, a project for school or something, I believe it was, and I was pen pals with Hank Williams Jr. And really? Was, yeah, man, that was awesome. You know, I was, oh man, I thought I was, I thought I was the stuff. All right, now I'm gonna,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna throw something back here now. Do you think that may have had any? Now I know you gave all your most of your credit for being at the hunting camp and listening to old men and stuff. Do you think that might have given any any kind of lead to you going down this road
2: too? It, it very well possible could have because I mean it was at a very early age. You know I always loved music and you know and and it, yeah that made me feel like I was somebody. So that kind of helped me hit push me on down the road a little
0: bit. I can see where it have some motivation. You, I can see oh. where that might put <laughs> me up yeah. a little bit too. Now
2: that might have been that might have been the person that picks up the trash it is fan mail, <laughs> fan mail, but, yeah, but the I, I, I thought Hank wrote that himself. Well, I was proud. <laughs> him and Waylon were sitting side by side trading letters and he wrote
0: it to me. I bet. <laughs> well now you, you kind of going back in your music career and we talked about it kind of when we, when you were at, at Starseek and then, you know, singing through church and then, then you said you were, I think 16 to play with your first band. Did we miss anything kind of through that early career before you kind of started getting on stage in front of these crowds opening for these, these big name acts?
2: Well, yeah, um, I mentioned, I kind of, I kind of go in there somewhere along in the middle. Um, I, uh, whenever I told you about having the band Southlands and you remember the band Southlands. I remember them very well. When I met these guys, you know, they were, like I said, they were all older than me and they all took me under their, under their wing, you know, and. Mr. Troy Williams is one of those men he, he played the played the piano for my turn music corner, and then another one was Mr. Harold Daniels. You know he was he was he, he sang in the band and he was a, he was an awesome guitar player. Still is, you know he he and I he, he took me under his wing and and really was he was probably the the biggest musical influence that I've had, period. Mm-hmm. Was was Mr. Harold? You know he always <laughs> we'd have competitions in the band. You know we would we'd uh. You know, and and I haven't mentioned my wife in here yet, but Lord have mercy, she's been the biggest supporter that I could ever dream of and probably keeps me straight (laughs) much more
0: than I know. But anyways We both got them wives that keep us straight, so I nice, know exactly what you're talking nice you talking really? about. We all got a boss. Oh yeah. We whether, whether you think it or not, it's there. Keep oh, so on That's here. right. <laughs> 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 well anyways, Man, you're gonna make her head as well when she hears My,
1: it. <laughs> no, man, I can't agree with that. No, <laughs> no, no, no.
2: <laughs> well anyhow, uh, our wives would would sit out in the in the audience, you know, Beth and Miss Paula. They would they would sit out there and we'd uh We'd have competitions to see who could get people more couples on the dance floor, you know. So we'd we'd always at the end of the night, we'd tally it up and see who won. Sometimes I won, sometimes he won. It was always a draw.
1: Now, on the dance part, on getting the
2: couples out there, was
1: it mainly your steel set, your choice in song selection? What do you think really
2: helped get more out to help you get the little edge on the competition? Well, a little bit of everything, you know, You know, doing in doing what we do, you know, you you learn to, to really read a crowd, you know, if if uh I back up and say this, you know, and my first five songs or if I start a night is gonna it's gonna really tell me what direction I'm gonna go for the first set. And what I mean by the first set is, you know, we typically if you're gonna play a long night, if I'm playing three or four hour shows, you know, I'll play forty five minutes sets or an hour set or whatever. That, that gives me a good, the first five minutes gives me a good idea of what direction I'm going to go for that first set. And Sometimes it's slow stuff. Sometimes they want to be on their feet and two-step or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it, it's all, all about reading the crowd. Sometimes it's a lot of times it's song selection, whether it be a fast song or, or whether they want, want belly rubbing stuff.
1: Do you know enough songs to cover three or four hours if you have to change what you're already planning to do?
0: No. I'm pretty sure I don't. No. I mean, I forget the words of the song. I've, I've been, been playing the same one three times. You think so? Yeah, especially if <laughs> I did. Mean, I may
1: play it three different ways <laughs> And I'd be willing to bet the music, the band part, instrumentation wouldn't nowhere near be similar.
2: Well, that goes along with just doing it for so long, too. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's some of those things, man, that, that really helped motivate me along and helped. Just I mean I've you know, you hear about people coming up in the music business about paying their dues. I've I paid a few to say the least. <laughs> well, it might be that your turn is right around the corner. Well, I hope so. You know, I I'll tell you what though, you know, I to just to be real honest with you, I told my told my wife several years ago, I said, If I if I never make it to be a big star I said, all I wanted was from in my hometown, people know who I am in the music world, and I think I've done that. Uh, I I would say that is that you
0: have achieved that.
2: And I told her I said, you know what? I, I said most folks that's what they want. You know most most people that's all they want. You know they want somebody they want folks to know who they are and think good of them, and that's that's where I wanted to be. now don't get me wrong, I had dreams as big as anybody. I want to have a jet. And, <laughs> Fly the show to show, you know, and me and old Hank become pen pals again and turkey hunt together or something, there you know. But, but hey, you know, I'm I've been I'm proud of where I'm at and if it doesn't get any bigger it doesn't. Uh, yeah. That's not because I that's not from lack of trying, it doesn't mean I'm not gonna try.
0: So where is the music career today? Kinda of where where are you at? Where does it stand? Well, we've got a lot of material that's that we're looking at
2: you know, a lot of the stuff people think think it happens overnight. Sometimes and it does And It's a it's a work of progress, especially when you're at my level. Um, I've got a lot of songs. I'm getting ready to move into the studio, and to and when you record an album, that's that's another thing you have to think about. You know, you can't say, well, I got ten or twelve songs. Let's go to the studio. Well, it's just like a storybook. You know, you kind of want to you kind of want something. When you get dressed in the morning times, you know, you, you kind of want to match a little bit. It's so the same difference with songs on an album. You kind of want them all to, to kind of match mm-hmm. to be able to tell that story and really shape an album instead of just throwing a bunch of stuff in there. And, it I take a sure. hundred
0: songs to get 10 on an album.
2: It might, yeah. it very well might. I'm following you know. it. it's very well might. I've got, I've got enough that I'm confident in doing an album now. So this, mm-hmm. and it's taken me a little while to. To yeah. get enough enough songs together that I, that I thought meshed well together to be able to complete an album. Right. So it won't be long. I'm, I'm, looking at probably the first of the year. With a lot of studio work, about the first of the year, trying to at least drop another single, and by mid 2020, dropping an album. So, Man, now you got me fired up. <laughs>
1: now you got me fired up. I might be able to get on the road the crew. You might. We can go do stage setup. Hey,
0: I might be able to be the manager. What, what you could probably great. do, you'd be the man to handle Big Jeff's pen pal work. I, 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 Have you seen my handwriting?
2: Well, I mean, you've got the experience. You do want I them right. You do <laughs> want <laughs> them to be able to uh, read what's written. Can I type like like it? it? Yeah. To be it. my international media man, since you know you're good with the you had your pen pile over in India, so you're already <laughs> good with that. Look, I was in Canada last year, eh? Hey? Oh, man. You are even know a native tongue. There you go.
1: Little fellow over there, I think he said 87 times in one day. <laughs> I know this. If you go on a hunting trip and a guy comes out with 10 nicknames in one hunting trip, it's been a successful outing. Yeah. <laughs> we, we may actually have to get him online one night just to give us some more international coverage because I guarantee you he would be entertaining. We might have to censor and hit that little beat button down or
2: two, but we might be able to control it. Well, yeah, that's, that's where we are in the music world, you know, we, um, it's kind of one of those, it's a hurry up and wait kind of thing. It's the same way with whenever I come out with Country Girls, I did drop them, I dropped the video in the in the album right there close together. and It was, we would scratch it to get it done you know, it's, it gets a lot that goes into it between the production of the video and the production of the song. See, a lot goes into one song, you know, you, you hear a song on the radio, you don't think much about it. There's a lot of the little parts in there as far as it goes down to the individual musicians that play on the album and the editing that goes behind it at the end, you know, you mm-hmm. have to, to, and then the mastering of the album takes all the little imperfections out that, that really didn't belong. Right. You know, and makes it, "Quote unquote radio ready." Already. It's a lot to it. It really is. But and we are looking forward to getting back to scratching after it again.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to to listen more. I know, just me. You know, I've got your song. It's it's on my tunes list, and it's always pretty cool. I I travel a good bit. I'm in the truck, you know, a fair amount, and I'll throw mine on on uh, on mix. And every once in a while, that wanna pop up, and there's. There's Jeff on my radio, and and I catch myself singing along to it. Do you hit a little
1: extra head bob? I probably do. Uh, a little toe tapping do. going on,
0: going down through. Them. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Probably it do helps not. when you know somebody when you oh, got yeah. that connection. It just it, that. It, it, it makes that it just makes that song more special than probably the rest of them I got on there. Okay. I, mean, I mean, I've seen the guy <laughs> play for gosh ten years plus that I've yeah. been actively going around and kind of following him to place to place, and and uh, I remember. It come up in my time, Bob, not too long ago, in the memories that I can't remember how many years ago. You may tell me, but I remember I was coming through Montpelier, yeah. and I took a picture <laughs> of the of the Bear Creek sign because it has been some people play at Bear Creek. I've, yeah. I've heard Blake Shelton play there. I've heard uh, Chris Young play there. I've heard the Cherokee fiddle play there. Yeah. I've heard a bunch and then I rode by it one day and had Jeff Nunnery up there. I think I took a picture of it and said it to you, I believe
2: you. did, you did. I said, I said, man, that's big time. <laughs> and look, that was my thoughts exactly. I said, you know, there was a few things that, and, and to add on to that, what I said earlier about me telling my life that as, long as, as long as people knew who I wanted, people to know who I was in my hometown, well, Bad Creek was on my bucket list. Cause you know, I could remember coming up here and so-and-so talking about we're going out here to see this one go play at Back creek man this is a big place and mm-hmm. all them big names come through there all of them got their start when they were starting out that's where they went to play at back creek right so after they went play at back creek man it wasn't long you see them see them it was big time Kenny Chesney all in i said man i won't play back creek yeah. well i played at back creek it was about a year before before it burnt down or whatever that's right i played at back creek and i said this is what it's all about. Now, you want to talk about a fellow nervous. I've played a lot of shows in front of a <laughs> lot of people, but I was nervous that night. Where or is it? it? Just because of the venue and so the, the... Because we built venue, it up so much. That's right. It, in my mind, it was on a pedestal, you know. And, and of course, I mean, everybody around this part of the country, you say Back Creek, they, well, they know what you're talking about. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the, If you talk to music or bigger bands, you said Back Creek, because everybody was... It was very recognizable to folks.
0: Well, you couldn't tell that you were nervous that night that I can remember. I it, it was a it was another big Jeff show with me. Well, I'm <laughs> glad it took a lot of it took a lot of preparation to make that happen. <laughs> I remember being being just as good as all the rest of them that I ever went to. I appreciate it. But kind of kind of going into as as you know you stated where the where the music career is today. Let's kind of go off into the the next adventure that you got of got going on. I say behind the scenes, but it, it's it's getting more in the scenes and outdoors It's becoming more and more publicly known. Yeah, absolutely,
1: because as they've grown a few more, and as it hits social media and different things, uh, I know I have people ask me all the time about it. So, mm-hmm.
2: well, um, you know, I, I'll back up again and tell you, you know, the, my my background in, in the outdoors all started around the dog you know, and, and different people had come up different ways, but I always liked fooling with the dog, whether it be deer hunting, whether it be coon hunting, rabbit hunting
0: or whatever. Whether it be catching weed
2: eater. Or catching weed eater, <laughs> yeah. That's all part of it, you know. <laughs> but but I started, you know, I always had, we always call on the blood dog. And, and most folks in this part of the country know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Other parts of the country, they call it a tracking dog or, or a bill trail trail trailing dog or whatever, you know, well, I like to use a dog to to find wounded deer, you know, or, or a, a deer that somebody had shot and not able to recover. Well, I was, I've always kept a dog around that would, that would do such, and I was just, I got added to this Facebook group one day called Nose to the Ground, Blood Trellant. And I got to notice, and you know, and I said, this is, there's a lot of people that's got these dogs around. And they started asking me, you know, asked, you got a dog, you know, where you at, and if. Somebody comes to this Facebook page and asks for help, who, uh, you know, what area would you like to cover? And I told them, you know, I told him why I did. I had to tell them Swift because nobody knew where Thompson was. <laughs> Still couldn't refer to the Thompson community. Still couldn't refer to the Thompson community. I told them I said, look, I'll I, I cover amen County and the surrounding areas. Put it to you that way. Yeah. <laughs> so I did, you know, and it, he rocked on there for a little while, a few years ago, and and uh I started helping more with this Facebook page as it grew and I became an admin you know behind the scenes on to help run the page yeah so it's it's got I can't even remember how many members now 20 something 30 rocking around thirty thousand members members yeah of no, this Facebook group that covers the entire state and we have hammers in every county that cover the county it was 130 40 plus different dog hunter teams throughout the state that that all step up and say, Hey, you know, if, if you lose a deer, me. 'em, I'll come help you. And yeah, that's that's awesome. There's
1: nothing worse than having a fine trophy or a, a kid's first deer or whatever it is. Or just a good piece yeah, of Yeah, I mean I, I don't want to see anything go to waste so nothing. to me that's just amazing that y'all are willing to go out and and help folks find because you know, what's a trophy to you or what's a trophy to me may be different to somebody
2: else. Absolutely. Well, that's absolutely, and that's what I tell folks all the time. I say, look, I've they, gotten calls where I say, you know, I don't know if it's worth you fooling with. It's just an old doe. Well, if it's worth you to shoot it, it's worth it for you to shoot it. It's worth it for me to come out and help you find it because honestly, you know, I've, I've I've found deer for people that were obviously mighty well off, and I've found deer for people that they needed really needed that deer meat you know and and i'm that that's that's hunting you know when you Mm -hmm. just just go help somebody and and to top all that off this is all a volunteer service it doesn't cost you a dime you know yeah and like i said i've been a part of that group for several years now i've been been a part of and run it and tracking deer for different folks and so some of my buddies around the house got into the group and we decided you know yeah we're gonna just kind of take an extra step and we're gonna, we're gonna form our own little team right here. We're still a part of that nose to the ground, but we're gonna form our own little team here. We, we That's when Team Breakdown Blood trailing started. And that was when probably a couple, few years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. when we formed Team Breakdown. Nothing. We started this just to, to try to, just to form a little bit closer to that deal, you know? And of course, eventually we're gonna to try to evolve in more than just Blood trailing.
1: Well, Jeff, I got a question. Uh, knowing y'all and knowing some of the guys in the group, I know that several of you have dogs or puppies that are all all related. I know it's what four or five of y'all that have all got.
2: Well, yeah. Um, Rusty Everett has a silver lab named Hercules, and John David and I both have puppies. Off, puppies off of Hercules. Um, uh, my male dog Sam, and uh, John David's got a female Remy off of. Remy will be. This will be her first year to track. Sam last year was. Sam has just turned two. Last year was his really first full year to track, being the dog, the dog on the track. You know, the lead dogs, whatnot. But it was a great year for him. He, he shined like a diamond. He really impressed me. And well, for the folks that don't know out there, go go
1: into that a little bit more. The lead dog. How many dogs will y'all have on the track most of the
2: time? Usually it's just, it's just a couple, you know, um, it's a big misconception. Sometimes folks will, folks think, well, really don't want to call nobody with a dog to come find my deer, cause they gonna come and drop a tailgate and have a deer race out here. Well, that's that's not the case. Um, 99% of the time, once we have a wounded deer, our dogs hone in on that wounded deer. You know, they don't, I'm not saying that they want a live one, if they come across it while they're on the track, but they're trained and know that they're sense specific as far as which deer are wounded. Well,
1: and y'all got a lot of time. You know, that's something that a lot of people don't realize. Y'all got a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money wrapped up in these dogs. These are not, you didn't go grab one from my
0: house and bring it, and throw it out. Yeah, this ain't, ain't something that just happens overnight.
1: Yeah, I mean you you you've got a whole lot of work in these animals, and and they're athletes all on their own. A lot of people don't realize whether it's a, a duck hunting dog or a whatever type of
0: of hunting dog that is an animal that is an athlete. Well, I know kind of like we mentioned, you know, in the last podcast, Jeff and I are practically neighbors. I mean, we can we can holler at each other if we want mm-hmm. to, and. Uh, but I know, you know, as you've had dogs through the years and you know, I I you know, may let you know when I'm hunting or whatever and you say, Well, if you if you kill something, you know where it goes regardless, let me know when I'm I'm gonna come work my dog and you know, that. I think I've done that a couple of times and Justin as well, he's come out there. I know he's he uh I think it's that second the second dog he had. Um, I think it was last year I believe I shot a I shot a doe with my bow and I heard her I heard her crash out there about fifty yards, but I just climbed down and called him and, and he brought it. And then I think it was last year, year before last, I shot one and I knew it, we didn't go far, but you were, you just come out there and and uh, like we was talking earlier, that uh, you didn't get your feet out the, of out the truck, almost, and the dogs that got on this.
2: Yeah, it, it was all over with. And, that, and that's one thing we try to encourage the folks, you know, that in order to have a good tracking dog, you gotta put them on tracks, yeah. you know, and, and those, as many of those I, I like to call them chip shots. You know, uh, some people think it's not worth it, but if you got time, if you shoot a deer, and you like, this is this is a money shot. You know, that deer, if it you know if it runs out there a little, even if it runs a little ways, I know that, I know our deer's out there dead. I, I know yeah. I I'm not gonna have any trouble with that. But if you got time, give us a call. You know, and and we'll we'll be glad to come. We've all got young dogs coming up too. You know that we. But that's what it takes. The more tracks that they get put on, the better. And eventually, it'll pay off for you if you ever
0: really truly need it. Well, I know one, one instance, it was, I don't know, it may have been seven or eight years ago. I shot a doe with my boat. I was just, just going to put some meat in the freezer one evening. <clears throat> and I had a, had a doe come out. I shot her and, and she kind of run, kind of toward me a little bit and then run right along the wood line that my stand was on. And and I thought she went into the woods kind of behind me. And so I, I you know, I, I walked out, put my bow up and, and got back to my truck and all that. And I went back, I don't know, maybe about an hour later. And I was like, well, I'm going to ahead, go ahead and get the deer. I know, know exactly where she went. But I was wrong. That deer didn't go in the woods. Well, so I, I would put my next paycheck on that. She did. So um, I had a black lab still. Well, she kind of lived with my mom and dad now. Even if I took on her ship over. But. I said, well, I'm down here two or three hours looking for blood, looking for blood, and couldn't find much. And I could have swore I knew exactly where that, that deer went, so I went and got the dog, and she ain't, you know, she wasn't no no blood dog, but, you know, she's a, she's a lab. She had a nose on her, and sure enough, she took me right to that deer, and I would have never found that deer if it hadn't been for that dog. And that would have been, you know, a waste of meat, and, gotcha. and that's, that was my ambition when I left the house that day, is, is I wanted some meat in the freezer little fresh back yeah and that deer probably didn't go 50 yards but did not go in nearly the direction I could have I sit there and, and could have swore i heard that deer go yeah but that's just the importance of a you know a good a good blood dog.
2: no absolutely people don't don't realize the the, the deer that could have been lost or, or are lost because you know sometimes people just don't know they don't know anybody to call us mm-hmm. and that's Facebook has been a remarkable tool for us, you know, especially with with no ground and team breakdown. That it, it's it's really blows my mind. Last year, we um now we added we added our eleventh member kind of toward the end of the year. But last year we we topped we topped two hundred deer with just with team breakdown. We recovered two hundred over two hundred deer just last year. Just last year with, with ten guys, y'all got over two hundred deer. That's right. That's pretty amazing. That's right, with ten guys, and then, and that's 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 200 deer that that would have would have just went to waste, you know.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know any hunter that that wants it to go to waste. I mean, your hunters are your, undue to popular belief, we are your biggest advocates for, you know, conservation. that's You know, if you don't manage a deer herd, something is disease, something's going to wind up getting on. If you so don't take care
2: of it, you won't have nothing Exactly. To it's like
1: anything else in life. If you don't take care of it, it's gonna take care of itself, good, bad, or ugly. But quick question on the on the tracking with people, say I shoot one and I give you a call, do you prefer that I back out and not keep looking for the deer? Not to throw too much scent out and, and you know, kind of play with the dogs, or or the dogs really to the point to where they just ignore my sin altogether. And well, let me its
2: not—it's not, it's not as much as your sin as you are your spreading the scent when you're on that trail, stepping
1: on the trail and moving the blood. I, I
2: like to tell folks, you know, if, if I've got people that if they shoot them and it goes out of sight, they don't call me. And that's fine, I don't mind a little bit. Sometimes I go right out of sight and find the deer. Sometimes it takes us a little while. Sometimes the deer is dead, sometimes the deer is not. You know, and mm-hmm. we've got dogs that they will obey the deer. You know, we'll dispatch the deer like we ought to do. You know, end that pretty quickly. Yeah. But anyways, I like to, when folks tell me what you what you want me to do, I said most of the time I'm gonna tell them, you know, if you haven't saw that, if you get on the track and you go where you shot the deer and you you find a little blood or or whatever i'll I'll always ask about what the shot site looks like if they've already been there and i'll ask what it looks like i'll try to you know decipher in my mind where i think the deer's hit you know and if they tell me it's a gut shot deer i'm gonna come just back out of there right now because 95 percent of the time i just probably not dead and then it needs time to to expire i mean at least six hours six if you wait longer, it's awesome for that deer to to expire. Yeah. Because if not, that's a deer to get bumped, especially if you go out there looking for it. And once the deer has jumped, that's something one has gone. Yeah. It's it's really hard for a dog even after that because they quit putting out the scent they need. So I tell folks if you haven't found that deer within 100 yards tops and you're on a track, just get right. back out. You know, back mm-hmm. out the same way you went in you know don't don't once you lose blood don't fan out because especially now that we're in a time now that it's never been more easy to get help to find your deer mm-hmm. i mean y'all right now just just to leave us out y'all y'all both know people you can call right now and they come help if you need it yeah, yeah. you know and and if yeah. not then you know where you can find them. that's right you know, that's it's, it's never been more easy to, to get him. So to avoid, which, just to go back to what you were talking about, here's what happens again. Let's replay a, a shot. Okay, we done, we done shot this good buck. This buck has done mule kicked or whatever and, and took off down through the bushes he goes. All right, we're going to get out. We're going to track the deer. We're excited. We immediately go track to the deer because he ran off. We on the track, we find a little blood, a little space here and there, and we've, we've looked and we've looked and we've looked. Well, about 150 yards in, the blood kind of starts to leave. When the blood leaves, what do we do? We start breathing. We start fanning out and coming back to that original spot. And what a lot of people don't think about is when you fan out from that original spot, you, you've already stepped in that track. You know, and you may not have saw the blood that you stepped in, yeah. but it's there. Something's there, that mm-hmm. minute little bit of blood's there. And I can tell quick when I get on track, when I put my dogs on, they get to the, I say, where do you stop tracking? You stop right here, okay? Dogs make a big loop, come out. i almost, sometimes I've been on tracks where I'm looking at my GPS, and it looks like he's, look like he's painting the, the NBC sign the, the turkey feathers. <laughs> you know, then he'll go out, he'll make a loop, but he'll come back. And go out, and make a loop, and come back until he gets on, runs it out past where they have been, and then and I've had people saying, well, "What's he doing?" I said, "Well, he's, he's going everywhere you've been. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we get on the right one." And yeah. Either make it happen or. What was those was... people's reaction
0: when you tell them that? They like, I didn't, have, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, or. Well, most most folks will be. I mean, it's innocent. I'm sure it's not anything. Yeah, before.
2: yeah. Well, you know, some sometimes sometimes people will be like, well, you know. Let's, let's look for the deer, but we're going to leave some of this stuff out. We ain't going to tell him that we did this. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so telling me so. that
1: you don't always get the full story now. No, Come on now. Now, no, you know hunters don't, don't never. never stretch the truth. That that buckler got away is <laughs> all
2: is 25 inches wide, at least a 14-point. How
1: yeah. many times in your career have <laughs> they told you, I know that deer went down
2: right over there, and you found the deer in the complete opposite direction? Many times I, I I can't really I can't count the times. This one particular time last year we were at the summer track and I took a, I took a, my bulldog and my my Catahoula curl on this particular track. I left my lad at home because I, I I may have he may have had a bed appointment or something. But anyways, the guy said, well, um, I was on this some big big wide power line, you know, and it may have been a pipeline. I think it was one of the big, big wide, main power lines. Anyways, he said, the deer was kind of, it was a little dip right there, and he was kind of in that little dip, so it was kind of a hill. You know, I could see three-quarters of the deer Plenty enough to shoot him. You know, it wasn't going to be shooting in a bad direction or anything. He said, well, I shot the deer, and it failed. Got it up and run, woods went right there, for the deer I said, okay. Well, get there, and you know, I, I put the dogs on him it, they liking where it's at, and they trying to go this way, left, back, across the other side. I said, come on now. man said the deer didn't go this way. Well, I pushed him and pushed him, trying to get him to go in there where he said the deer went. Well, they about, finally did. They'd go in there about 50 yards, and they'd come back. Like, Ain't no deer here. So I said, well. He said, what you, he said, "What you think? I said, we're going to put them on it and just back off for just a minute. I put them on it, they went. Made him trip down the power line a little bit, come back and went straight across. <laughs> and it wasn't 75 yards out there. I said, he said, what it doing? I said, they ain't moving. He said, and she said, what you think they had? I said, probably it's your deer. deer. He said, but the deer went this away. And then then that bulldog of mine kind of growled a little bit. I said, uh, he said, I said, let's go see. One <laughs> down there and it was a deer. Yeah. <laughs> That's so many times that that happens, you know, and it's all in the heat of the moment. You know, it might have been another deer down there with him, and I'm not saying that a deer yeah. didn't go that way because right. those fresh tracks went that way. yeah. But the deer didn't go that way. <laughs> well, do this.
1: I know we can sit here and tell stories all night. What is the wildest tracking story you've ever been involved with? Or it don't have to be one you've been involved with. What's the, I mean, I know I've been on a few good ones, I'm gonna bet your stories can top mine pretty
2: good. <laughs> well, we'll. Uh, you don't have to name names. If it's yeah, I right. ain't gonna name names. Can't do all that. Well, I'll tell you what. This is this is the one that that will always stick with me. Put put it to you that way. Just because it's probably one of my most proud tracks. You know, we have dogs that obey them. You know, and, and we have dogs that we'll, we'll catch if we need to. You know, we 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 always use those lashings mm-hmm. over just so that we could end the deer's misery. Cause you know, if he, you call me after deer and it's still alive most of the time, if it's wounded good enough, then the deer suffer. Yeah, and we don't, we don't, I don't advocate making a deer suffer suffer at all. There's been many times that I've pulled off because of this deer just, this, this deer's alive and he's gonna make it, we're gonna leave him alone. But anyway, this particular track was, what's the name of the county? This man called me said, uh, We uh. We done we well, just shot a pretty good got a man over here hunting with us and he shot a pretty good buck. We had our dog on it for about four five hundred hours. And then and I just he said I feel like we ain't doing much. So uh me and J D loaded up and uh watched watch went with us. I think it was just the just the three of us. Anyway, yeah, we went over there. We took took my dog Sam and J D had Sally and Nevada went with us and, and we brought my little dog, both. We show up and uh. Now, mind you, I wasn't in the tracking attire this particular day because it was one of those spurred moment things and he needed us to come on now because they was in the woods and we needed to go ahead and go while he was still there. We went, you know, I had some old thin, thin britches on and you know, there ain't no brawlers in the county. No, no. <laughs> I got some scars to prove that wrong. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, we get on the track and and you know, Sam works as good with, any, with J.D. as he does with anybody, and we we turn Saturday loose. And she hits the blood. Sam hits the blood. We we always leave Bo, with my bulldog, on the leash. Sometimes we don't even use him. Sometimes we have to. You know. But anyways, he's in there. I'm watching the GPS screen. I stayed on road that morning because, like I said, I wasn't in a proper attire to fight the brothers. <laughs> Well, we, uh, I'm watching them on screen, you know, and the dogs in there all together, and they go about 50 yards, and they take a hard ride. Well, I heard, uh, I heard them through the woods saying we found a bed, so the deer had bedded up. Now, mind you, this, this logger run I was talking about is where the other guy stopped. Apparently, the deer was bedded down, not far from that road. Mm-hmm. The deer got up out of the bed sometime or another. Well, whenever they got to that bed, I'm watching my GPS screen, and I see Sally and Bo right there, pretty close together. You know, Sally, Sally's got some years on her, so she's not quite as spry as younger dogs are, you know. But uh, so all of a sudden, I see Sam. You know, he's 100 yards. He's 200 yards. He's, he's 250. He's looking at it, and I hear a dog barking. Like I'm thinking, it's back at this man's house. I've even got my directions, had them, got kind of. Turned around a little bit. Discombobulated. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> well, I hear this dog barking. And uh I'm I rode it off as his house dog. Well, by that time this fellow whose place it was, he he pulled up there to us the to me on that long road. And I'm just kind of thinking that's the house dog. He said, Where's that dog at? I said, That's at your house. He said, I think my house. My house old <laughs> He said, Get a truck. We got a truck, and sure enough, we went around there, and this was this was a the first one of the first well he had done a few but this this was the first live buck that he had ever been face to face with that was wounded that was Sam. oh wow and he was working this deer this deer would lower his head and come to him and, and he would get out of the way you know and and get back on the side of him and make him face him the whole time he was working him just like you've seen a, a cow dog work a cow or something like that mm-hmm. Yeah, then yep. yeah, absolutely. It was it's the same principle, you know. Bay dog does the same thing a lot of times. And I watched that for a minute as I was trying to figure out how I was gonna end this. <laughs> well, I told him by then they they turned my bulldog loose before he made it there. They broke bait and he'd go a hundred yards and stopped it again, and the bulldog made it there. We finished that one, mm-hmm. but that was that makes your chest poke out when you when you're right there in the middle of it. Most of the time, you know. Well, you'll, you'll go to a bay, but you don't get to see the bay and the dog work it like that because, naturally we try to end it as quickly as we can. I don't and know right. anything in the world to end that with at the <laughs> moment, the boys and the <laughs> did. Yeah, because
1: you don't you want don't to take a chance getting somebody hurt That's or right. a dog hurt. That's right, you know. And you don't want the animal to suffer any longer, so mm-hmm. you, you're trying to do it as quickly, dispatch That's as quickly as So him. how
0: far along was Sam from where he is now? Like how, how long have he been doing it when it? when you well, had this track
2: well like I said you know, last year was his first real full year to be one of our lead dogs so, yeah and this was this was last year so this okay. was right in the middle of deer season last year wow so
0: his first season that's pretty that's pretty impressive pretty good yeah I was I was
2: real proud of him he's come a long way. of course y'all we've you know I don't I don't put him on a pedestal above any of our dogs because we've got some really awesome dogs in the group yeah you know as far as far as that goes but that's probably you know I, I, that may have been quite my wildest track i've ever been on but it's definitely been one that i've been the most proud of
0: yeah i can i can definitely see that and the, and yeah the i look, can see that proud daddy moment right yeah, there. Oh, yeah. I, so oh. I,
2: you know i don't have any kids but that's you know we have a relationship with these dogs oh yeah and it's a little bit more than than papa's coon dog so yeah. to speak mm-hmm. you know because these dogs, we put time and effort into them. We take them. They're our buddies. That's my youngins, you know. And mm-hmm. You see how much like watching you youngin' hit a home run, and he home run it that day.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, as far as, you know, trophy-wise, what is kind of the, the best trophy-wise you've seen, you know, come out of? Something that somebody may not could have put on their wall that kind of came out of, of y'all's service. Man, it's you know,
2: like like you said a while ago, with trophies. We all have different. It's um, in the eyes uh, of the beholder, right? I guess. Well, you what say a trophy is, but to me, I guess I'll answer this question this way: um, those first deer, yeah, or those first bucks, mean everything to, to us, yeah. all of us. You know, whenever you can, when you you know. You get on you get on, I call it on scene. you know, I, I work for the animal service, so I call it on scene. once we get right on scene, you know, yeah we're on track. you know and it's that's my, kind of what I had in
0: my mind, you know, not always a trophy that, is just right. the biggest set of horns.
2: No absolutely, absolutely. you know you ride on scene, you see this young man you know he's already, or he or she or whatever you know yeah, he's already on the pieces because they think it's over with. Mm-hmm. And not always does it pan out the way we want it to. Yeah, but, but whenever you can, when you tell them, I've had, I've had several and just, this one particular was not last year, but maybe the year before. I, I don't know exactly where it was at, but if we was, you know, the young one was on the track with us and we go along and I'm looking at GPS, we want to look at GPS with me, you know, I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. look him, you know, this is mm-hmm. what the dogs do. He tried to fire about 120 yards and then he went on point. When I, when I say on point, that means he's he stopped. You know, he's, he's, not, he's not going ahead, you know, for those that, that haven't worked with garment uh, or whatnot. Yeah. But anyways, so I, I didn't really tell him that the dog had stopped. He's yeah. like, you think we ever gonna find one deer? I said, well, we we give it our best shot, buddy. Got you a know. decent chance there. <laughs> you know, we giving her our best shot. You know, I yeah. didn't want to just tell him that I was 99.9% positive the dog was at the deer. Right. But we was easing on You know, we got a little closer. The dog still hadn't moved. We 50 yards. He said, he said, where's the dog? I said, he's just right up here still. And he said, I said, i tell you what, buddy. You walk on ahead of me a little bit. Just walk straight that way. He walked up there and the dog was on the deer. And and I'm telling you, you could you couldn't you couldn't have uh, uh, gave that young a million dollars and made him no more happy than what he was. It was almost like the sun shining oh. in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. <laughs> it all, all was yeah. it was Christmas morning the best Christmas you'd ever thought of. And yeah. I, that's what it's all about. Oh yeah. You know, and, and I've had quite a few of those moments with, with kids and, 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 and some elderly folks and even even helping with some some of the uh, organizations that, that are out there as far as the disabled or, or you know all the other non mm-hmm. organizations. yeah that's that's what it's all about to me is and that's goes back to you know doing what i do for a living i it's all about helping people and that's yeah i was raised you help your neighbor you know right you do what you can and that's that's kind of how we all are and that's well and you you've not only done that but you've helped somebody
1: make a memory that they will never forget oh, i sure. guarantee you that chap will never forget mm-hmm. being on that track with you and looking at the unit and Getting to walk up and see his first animal down. I mean, that, that's something that sticks with you for the rest of your life.
2: Absolutely. And some of these guys, be like, you know, we still get calls, we get text messages from from uh, parents saying, look, so and so we said, we're going to have to call this one. We're going to have to call that. They were called by the dogs, you know, they, we're going to have to call Hercules. We're going to have to call Sam. we got to call them. They ain't going to no, They, they ain't going to call, call, call so they calling the dog. We, we need to call them a day. We need to call yep. them a day because they just like to see it, you know? That's right. And that's, that's, that's part of the reason why, that's the, one of the, probably the main reason why we come, that I was, whenever y'all were, the first year I got involved with, with you guys with the Delta waterfowl and this, it's all about the, the kids to me, you know, and we were more than happy to come and help with that and, and bring the dogs mm-hmm. out because the young ones love well, if, the dog.
1: if you can't tell, over the years we kind of like him, little people, so that's right. We, we like getting them involved and getting them in outdoors and that's getting right. them to do things. Well, Jeff, <laughs> let's do this. Now we're getting on about where we need to kind of start wrapping up. People that coming up deer season not that far away. What is the easiest
2: way? How do they get a, get up with y'all? Most places around this part of the country are gonna have flyers. They're gonna have cards up. You can get those anywhere you can, um, but the, right now the easiest way is, is we have a Facebook page. I encourage people that they want to do both of these things. Now Southwest Mississippi, you, know, you can call Team Breakdown. We have a Team Breakdown like page. If you go to that page on Facebook, Team Breakdown Blood Training, you click like on it. has all our contact info on it. We cover, we'll go just about anywhere, to be honest with you, within, within 100 miles from out right here. Or maybe some of us a little further. Hmm. But I encourage folks to also go to the Nose of the Ground Blood Trail and join that group. Join that group because if you're hunting in North Mississippi, I can't get to you. It's it's be pretty hard for yeah. any of us around here to get to you. Well you know, we I got hunt, people that
0: can. I hunt, you know, a fair amount up in in the Mississippi Delta mm-hmm. and I know several instances I've seen on Facebook where somebody may be hunting. You know, close to where, where I, I duck on in the Mississippi Delta, and I know they've reached out to notice the ground. I, I, I follow the Facebook page pretty regular, and somebody, it seems like within 10 minutes, says, so-and-so's headed yeah, that way. Don't, it don't seem to take long. No, so-and-so's headed that way. Here's his contact information. there are in route. And, I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty pretty impressive. No matter where you are, hmm. you know, there's a handler that, that's going to be close by. and well, Not only that, but think about it now. You, you're taking a call from somebody
1: you don't know that you know has a firearm. And y'all are willingly running out there to give somebody a hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's impressive all of us so on there.
2: Well, that's what happens. You know, whenever somebody calls, somebody will, will make a post to our group and say, hey, i I've shot a deer so-and-so, you know, they lose leave us a phone number. And our people behind the scenes, we call the hunters and get the information. And they, you know, we, we, we got a certain list of questions that we go down and ask them, you know, what did you shoot with, what to do deer, how far was it, what you know what what the deer do when you shot it? Kind of know what you're going yeah, on against. Yeah, but I guess
1: qualifying it, home. <laughs> see, if, see if they're actually legit or...
2: Well, you know, sometimes we always ask the question, you know, do we have permission to cross property lines if we need to? You know, is that gonna come into play? If it is, then we're gonna we're gonna make sure we got permission before we go. Because yeah.
0: you know, we, we're not
2: all about to breaking the law.
0: Right. <laughs> understood, <laughs> understood. Well, Jeff, I know this is this has been a great podcast, being our first guest. I thoroughly enjoyed it a I lot. Have to. I know Jacob has too. Well, me too, man. I and, appreciate y'all having us. And so finishing up here, uh, you know, we've covered everything from how how we grew up in Abe County with with you and going to the hunting camp and, and kind of how that inspired you and, and then you moved into your, your music career, how you started there and then, then ended it here with with Nose of Ground and, and Team Breakdown, I think it's been a been a great podcast. And I, I'm so, going to go ahead and just maybe predict something here. This may be the end of this
1: one, but I'm going to be willing to bet it ain't the last him. time he's no. going be on here with him. No, I'm,
0: I'm pretty sure of that. Unless he just decides he's tired of us. I mean, <laughs> but other than that,
1: I, I feel him coming
0: back probably in the next well i know when you know just based yeah, on what we just ball. talked about here and on you know with deer season coming up i bet jeff's gonna be able to update us with some good stories as as uh maybe some more first deer this year for kids and and some adventures they get to go on because it, it's happening pretty regular once once both season starts up i see the post start rolling they're pretty quick that uh people it's well, not only
1: that but we'll bring it back on just to remind everybody yeah. too just yeah to let
0: everybody kind of give a little refresher
1: and tell everybody You know, you said you've got a new team member this year, and uh, you think there may, could there maybe be some new stories out of
2: that? that Maybe (laughs) there's a little bit of a learning curve for (laughs) the rookie? Well, he's not necessarily a rookie.
1: But But he's he's new to us, you know? If he's
0: listening to this, I want him to know, I just asked if he was a rookie. guys i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up wrap up this two-part um series here with with jeff and camp life and bending strings i think that was a fitting title for this two-part series no no doubt man and uh so so we're gonna end it here but thank y'all y'all for listening this edition of outdoor country talk we'll see y'all next time god bless
2: Some embarrassed she's tried to dream She can catch a fish, she can skin them both Watch them